In this podcast, through the use of simple case studies of common conditions, we provide an approach to coming to a differential diagnosis and then working through it to get to a diagnosis. We'll cover relevant anatomy, pathology, history and clinical examination findings, as well as investigations to provide you with an approach to figure out what's wrong with your patient. Hi, my name is Christelle Fliu. And I'm Laura Greiling. We are final year medical students. Today we are here with Prof. Martin Brandt to discuss another clinical case and find out what's wrong with that patient. So Prof, what is today's clinical case? So today we're going to talk about a general approach to a patient with an undifferentiated liver mass. So in other words, a patient is referred to you with a diagnosis of a liver mass. Usually they come with an ultrasound that's demonstrated a liver lesion. And then in future podcasts we'll go into specific liver lesions. Alright, so what are your first impressions of a patient presenting with a liver lesion? So there are many differential diagnoses for liver masses. So I usually start with solid versus cystic and then we look at benign versus malignant. The other first impression though is how is the patient clinically? If they're acutely unwell, it points more to an infective lesion, typically a pyogenic liver abscess. Whereas if they're chronically unwell, then a malignancy becomes more likely. If they're completely well, then a benign cause must be high up on the list. But these are not hard and fast rules. So there are infective lesions where the patients look completely well, for example, hydatid disease. And there can be cases where patients look acutely unwell, yet they have an underlying malignancy. Which conditions could present this way? So in a word, several. And one has to have a firm grasp of the differential diagnoses to be able to take a targeted history and examination, as well as plan appropriate investigations for these patients. So generally speaking, again, I classify these lesions into solid and cystic, and under each heading is benign and malignant causes, and we'll chat about those a bit later. So what are some of the red flags that we need to look for when first meeting this patient? So chronic lesions are unlikely to present with acute problems, except for rupture with bleeding. So hemodynamic instability must raise the possibility of a lesion that is ruptured and is bleeding, requiring an emergency intervention to stop the bleeding. Lesions that may rupture under malignant are hepatocellular carcinomas, but more commonly lesions that do rupture are large adenomas, which are benign. As far as liver lesions go, the only other red flag is probably sepsis specifically septicemia, typically from pyogenic abscesses. So what's important to ask the patient in the history? In a way, this is guided by the referral finding. If it's a cystic lesion, one must differentiate between infective and non-infective lesions. Does the patient have fever? Do they have pain? Do they have recent history of bacterial infection? Even mundane things like a community-acquired pneumonia that wasn't managed in a hospital. Were they exposed to livestock, specifically sheep, or did they swim in stagnant water? These two give you ideas of either hydatid exposure or amoebic exposure. All of these give guides towards infective causes. If there's a history of malignancy, especially tumors that may have cystic metastases, such as neuroendocrine tumors. If there are no symptoms and the lesion is completely asymptomatic, one must consider things like simple cysts and hemangiomas. So how do you approach a solid lesion, Prof? With solid lesions, malignancy, either metastatic or primary, are near the top of the list. Do they have chronic liver diseases? Have they ever had complications from from these? Here we are thinking of HCC or regenerative nodules. 
Is there a history of malignancy, especially GIT cancers? But nowadays, I guess with effective chemotherapy, patients are presenting several years after their primary tumors have been treated with liver metastases. A not uncommon example is breast cancer, even renal cancers and melanoma. If concerned about GIT metastases, ask about change in bowel habits, per-rectal bleeding, difficulty in swelling, early satiety, etc. All the typical GIT symptoms. And then of course, although they are very non-specific, constitutional symptoms such as loss of weight and malaise. What are some of the clinical signs that we should look for on examination? So again, this is guided really by the referral finding. So vital signs if we're worried about sepsis, look for sources of pyogenic liver abscesses, pneumonias or intra-abdominal sepsis such as an appendix or a diverticular abscess. Always do a complete general exam, so look for jaundice, look for signs of anemia, lymph node and adenopathy. If you're concerned about hepatocellular carcinoma, look for signs of liver cirrhosis such as pulmonary erythema, liver flaps, gynecomastia, caput medusae and ascites. Specifically in the abdomen, with a general inspection, one looks for any masses that are obvious or even caput medusae. With palpation, we look, is the liver enlarged? Is there a clearly discernible liver mass? Are there other masses in the abdomen? Is there any ascites? Examine the chest for effusions. What is your differential diagnosis for a patient presenting with a liver lesion? So, as I said before, I divide them into cystic and solid lesions. And then under cystic, we have malignant and benign. So, common cystic malignant lesions are neuroendocrine tumors and then mucinous adenocarcinomas. And typically, these are either ovarian cancers or pancreatic cancers. Under cystic benign lesions, we divide them into infectious and non-infectious. So with infectious, we really have just three that we're concerned with primarily, and these are pyogenic, hydatid, or, echino or echinococcal, and then the third one is amoebic lesions. Non-infectious are simple cysts or even polycystic liver disease, and then hemangiomas. And if we look under solid lesions, we're looking for malignancies where uh, metastatic malignancies are the most common malignancy in the liver, followed by primary lesions such as hepatocellular carcinoma or intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma. Benign solid lesions include adenomas, uh, conditions which are rarer such as fibronodular hyperplasia. Which special investigations do you order in this patient? So we'll always start with blood tests and radiology. So under blood tests, um, I would do a full blood count if I was concerned about infection and here we're looking specifically at a high white cell count, low platelet count. We can also use it to look at for anemia of chronic disease. I would always do a liver function test and an INR for the liver function and undiagnosed coagulopathy should an intervention be required. If the patient is a cirrhotic, we must always calculate their child pew score. Other blood tests would include a urea and electrolytes to ensure that they have a normal renal function, especially because they are most likely going to have a contrast-enhanced uh, uh, CT scan. And then hydatid amoebic antigens should only be done once we have imaging which makes us suspicious that the underlying cystic lesion could be one of these two conditions. We do this so that it confirms our diagnosis and it provides us with a baseline level of antigens so that we can confirm whether or not the treatment we are giving that patient is successful. There is no place for upfront tumor markers. If not already done, the first radiological investigation should always be an abdominal ultrasound. This is to confirm that there is a liver lesion and to provide characteristics of the lesion. In almost all cases, a triphasic abdominal CT scan should be done. This will provide the diagnosis again in most cases. 
In the minority of cases where we still don't have a diagnosis, we will then consider doing an MRI of the liver with liver-specific contrast. What must you do once you have the most probable diagnosis for the patient? So once we have all these initial results, we should have a very good idea of what our patient's diagnosis is. And once we have this diagnosis, we can plan definitive management. So for example, if it's going to be a pyogenic liver abscess, do we need to drain it percutaneously, or is it so small that antibiotics will be okay? If it's a solid lesion, do we need to confirm that it is malignancy by doing tumor markers, or do we need to plan the patient for a surgical resection? But one can only start making these kind of assessments once we've done the initial investigations. What is the role of biopsying a liver lesion? Outside of a multidisciplinary team meeting, a liver biopsy should never ever be planned. The last thing that we want to do is to convert a potentially liver, curable liver cancer into a metastatic lesion. And so an example that I can give is a patient who was referred to us with colorectal liver metastases and clearly curable by a simple liver resection that was biopsied in a peripheral hospital. And when we did our staging laparoscopy, there were already peritoneal metastases along the line of the biopsy site. So please, if I can really give a message, do not biopsy a liver lesion outside an MDT. All right, so what would your take-home message be for us, Prof? Don't biopsy liver tumors. <laughs> okay. You need to have an understanding of the various liver lesions, their clinical picture as well as their radiological characteristics. So what I would recommend doing is drawing up a table of clinical features, and under those clinical features you have typical signs in the history that you look for, clinical signs that you look for, and then typical imaging features, and then of course how we go on to either confirm the diagnosis or manage it. Um, so once you have been able to diagnose most lesions and thereafter be in a position to institute appropriate treatment, but if ever you're in doubt, consult with a patibulary surgeon before you start any treatment. Thank you, Prof. Brown. This was a very helpful approach to liver lesions. For more detailed information about liver lesions, listen, listen to the Students of Surgery podcast on primary liver tumors and metastatic liver lesions. The link to these are in this podcast's notes. Thanks very much, guys. This has been another podcast in the What's Wrong With This Patient series. Be sure to like this episode and subscribe to the channel for updates and other material. If you found this podcast useful, why not listen to the Students of Surgery podcast series as well? Until the next patient, keep reading, keep examining and keep asking questions.